everyone, my name is Zach Redrup, you're listening to the It's Not A Face podcast, and on this episode I'm joined by Very Tomorrow frontman Danny Winterbates. We talk all about the band's new album, The Seventh Son, some lineup changes, a point after their last album, Cannibal, where the band nearly broke up, recording vocals for the new album whilst battling with Covid, guest features, and loads more. Just before we get into all of that, have you got your tickets for Loomfest yet? And if not, why not? If you didn't know, Loomfest is a new independent festival being held in London on Saturday the 15th of April across three venues in the Camden area, the Underworld, the Black Heart and the Camden Eye. The three stage headliners are Dreamstate, Graphic Nature and Tether and there's also going to be sets from Lake Malice, led by Lanterns, Youth Illusion, Bambi Thug, Lizzie Farrell, Blight Town and loads more. There'll also be after-party DJ sets from Sean Smith from the Blackout, Raiders UK and Sapling Podcast and Alex Holcomb from BBC Radio 1 and Kerrang Radio. On top of that, Loomfest is helping to push for a positive and more inclusive change in the scene. More than 50% of its lineup is acts with women, members of the LGBTQ plus community and people of colour. Get tickets now while you still can by heading to at UK on Twitter or Instagram where you'll find the ticket links but act fast before it sells out and hopefully I'll catch you there. Now, if you enjoyed this or any other episode of the podcast and you want to show your support, there's a few ways that you can do that. Number one, leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this. It takes just a few seconds and it really does help. Number two, share this on your social media, whether that be Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Or number three, if you want to go the extra mile, you can pay a little bit each month to join the Patreon and in return you'll get access to episodes early along with some of our perks. Or you can pick up some merch from the store. All the links to that and the podcast socials where you can follow us can be found at itsnotaphase.co.uk. That's itsnotaphase.co.uk. And now with all that out of the way, let's jump right into this week's episode of It's Not A Phase. What's up everybody? Thank you for joining me on this episode of It's Not A Phase where I'm joined by Dan of Very Tomorrow. How are you doing, man? Very well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Of course, of course. So let's dive into the new album, The Seventh Son. The seventh album. Obviously, you're well-versed in album rollouts now. How are you kind of feeling about the run-up to this one? Because obviously, it's a different, slightly different band and, you know, a few things have changed since the last record. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Like, genuinely, it's probably the, probably the least nervous I've been about releasing music in a, in a long, long time, if not forever. And so, you know, really, really pleased with the album. Still... You know, at this point, usually with a record, they'll be picking holes in things that we should have done or not done or whatever. And like, you know, I, I can't find it. I genuinely think it for for this kind of comeback, new era of Barry Tomorrow is the best album we could have we could have done. And so people seem really stoked on the singles. Um, there's a lot more surprises in the album than than I think people think. I think people might think we've just released all of the all of the bangers and actually I know there are definitely some hidden gems in there that people will really enjoy different vibes different feelings so I'm just really excited more than anything to just get it out there like and have people start talking to me about what they like and you know potentially what they don't like about it you know yeah yeah like I say like it's, it's different isn't it because like you say this is kind of like a new generation of the band a new era with you know Jason stepping down and I guess during that moment it might have been a bit difficult for you because not only was he a co-vocalist with you, but, you know, he'd been with the band since the beginning. And I guess, I don't know, at that time, were you kind of wondering what the next step was before you, you know, took on Tom and Ed? Yeah, I mean, there was lots of conversations, as as you can imagine. There was like, you know, well, are we going to be a band anymore? Should we continue? 
Um, what does that look like if we were to continue? What does it look like if we're not to continue? Like, and genuinely taking it really seriously. Like, because you know, I'm not going to flog a dead horse. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be here just for so I can tell people that I'm in a band. Like, it, it doesn't make that much of a difference to me in regards to you know. Obviously, this is a major part of my life, and it has been since I was 16 years old. And so, but actually. I'm not going to kind of bastardize the name of Barry Tomorrow by continuing an adventure that's not realistic. You know, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. So I was, I was willing and happy to, you know, I was, I was saying like, look, if that's that, then that's it. I'm a fairly pragmatic human being, especially after kind of all the, all the kind of mental health struggles that I go through, like genuinely, I, I have to think about things in a practical way. Otherwise I'll ruminate about them and, and really worry about them. And so for me, I was very much like, you know, if this is it, this is it let's let's have that conversation and me and Dawson already started talking about what we might do together and you know I knew I was going to still stay in music um it would have probably taken a bit of time and the dust to settle for me to do a new project um it probably would have been savagely heavy thinking about me and where my vocals are kind of going towards but you know it it made a lot of sense and we all sat down and we you know we've toyed with the ideas of what we want to be first and foremost you know and how we want it to be and and there was far too many positives to outweigh the negatives. And one of the major positives is knowing that our fans want us to continue. And, yeah. you know, if that wasn't the case and they were all gave up on us, then we probably would have not done it anymore. But, you know, for us, we saw our fans as what we've always seen them as our rock and our, and our reason for being, you know, more than anything, more than a label, more than management, more than magazines, radio, it doesn't make any difference. Um, more, it doesn't change the hierarchy, which is our fans. Yeah. Then are probably our happiness and then everything else. And I think, you know, that's it is. And it sounds like I'm trying to, you know, over egg the fact that we love our fans, but it is true. And and we, you know, we demonstrate that with everything that we do and we try and demonstrate that with every decision that we make. And so it would have probably been incredibly selfish for us to just go, well, we'll sack it off then because we can't be bothered to continue. And that's what it was. Um, and I think moving forward with the band, like we got into that trap. We we've been lazy. And I'll say that word, like, you know, the past, the past three albums, we've, whilst they are better and better at what we do, our decisions that we made, the not venturing into spaces that we could have done is because we got set in a trap of thinking, yeah, this is, this is us now. Cool. We're in a lane. Music's not like that. Like music is, you need to push yourself and you need to be bigger and better and change and adapt. And, you know, and even when you look at our live show, like for me, that's, that's the evidence right there which is we actually care yeah. <laughs> really really that this last tour that we did we were like no this is buried tomorrow the best you can ever see us and and i think it shows i think people get stoked off that you know yeah do you think the fact that you know when cannibal came out you know in the midst of the pandemic and unfortunately you didn't really get the chance to to push it to its full potential and kind of capitalize on you know what is today your most successful album do you think that kind of had a part in, you know, the the potential, you know, those conversations you had where Buried Tomorrow might not have been anymore? Yeah, I think I think the space helped. I genuinely do. I think it it helped. Like us not doing stuff for two years, and like whilst it made very all the inner turmoil within the band and all the behaviors and and stuff heightened, you know, and it it gave us space to make decisions. Um, and if we hadn't had that space, we might have continued on in the same way, but it would have burned and crashed. And like, and I can categorically tell that when people have an issue with 
what it could have been you know what would this song be with you know jace or whatever it wouldn't have been like it the band was ending so like that would have been it that cannibal would have been the last album people got so when i've got no problem with people saying they prefer stuff like music is subjective people are allowed to like what they like but um to have this assumption that it would have been anything more than your your you know seemingly some people's favorite band not being a thing anymore that is how it is like um and so this isn't Bury Tomorrow Mine as a member. This is a new era of Bury Tomorrow. And that's why we really quite clearly categorize that for people to kind of get on board with, you know, and, and, or not. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, <laughs> people almost try and justify it and be like, yeah, but like this and that. And, you know, this is music, guys. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, I can't change that. I can't take it back. I can't. This is where we're at and we have to move forward. And if you don't like it, that's cool. If you do like it, then that's cool. Like, thank you. Like, you know, it's like, and I think we would get really entitled sometimes of being like, you've done this to me. And it's like, guys, like in the spirit of what we've been through in the last two years, in all that we've seen, now's the time probably not to be as entitled. Now's the time to probably be a bit like, let's put things into perspective. Is a member leaving a band the biggest thing that we should be worried about in the world? Probably not. Yeah. Um, so you either like music or you don't like it, and it is what it is. You know, I just, it's just one of those things. I think when you really put it down on paper, and all of the stuff that goes on in the world, and all the trials and all the tribulations we've all been through, a member leaving a band is the biggest issue. Come on, like, <laughs> yeah. what it is, right? Yeah, get things in perspective. Yeah, I noticed as well, like between uh, you know the release of Cannibal, and then I think it was in the lead up to uh, the songs Life and Death coming out. Um, on Spotify, you changed like the artwork for Cannibal and Black Flame. What was all that about? We did it with um, loads of, again, loads of sleuths were like making up stories that it was because of um, because of the lineup change, which it was. <laughs> it was um, it was because we partnered with Diablo. So we did we did some work with Diablo. Um, they asked us to be kind of the face of of one of their and put kind of songs forward for like the game and stuff and. Um, and we were in the advert for for the new Diablo game, and so what they did is they did Diablo versions of each of the album as like a bit of an Easter egg. Um, okay. So the Black Flame was turned into that kind of crossheads logo, and that was a Diablo. It's a Diablo logo. So the art is for Diablo. Did all of those re edits, which was really cool actually that they decided to do that. But yeah, it was all for Diablo, and then they all changed back again. But it was quite fun watching people freak out about it a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, to talk about like the the writing and recording this album because I think. I saw at one point when it was kind of coming up to your time to track vocals, convenient timing. Unfortunately, you caught COVID. Is that right? I got it in the studio. I'd already <laughs> tracked. Yeah, I tracked most of the most of the records. Um, and we were in the residential studio, so I was in a mansion. It was around Mother's Day actually, so it's coming up to. It was a year. Yeah, it's an exactly a year ago that we tracked the album, which is mental to think that it's coming out next week and it's been over a year. Um, but yeah, I was in the studio. Um, we had a visitor, Tom's friend, which I'll never forgive him for, um, came to the studio and um, and it was the height of like it kind of coming back that f- not final wave, but like the last big wave that we had. It was quite yeah. prevalent and they just re- reduced all restrictions. And so, um, yeah, it was we tested. Everyone had tested. It's all good. We're in this residential studio. I was in there for four and a half weeks. Like, great. Like, everything's fine. Track vocals every day. Like vocally felt super strong um and then uh yeah and then we'd released death uh, while we were in the studio 
Right. And we had this barbecue and we're all like, oh, this is amazing. We're having a great time. And then uh and then I just felt weird. I was like, I feel really weird. Um didn't know what it was, didn't feel like COVID. And then yeah, literally the next day I took a test and it was like like black line. Oh, so God. obviously the other guys had tested, none of them had got it, which is absolutely mental considering we're in a residential studio. But I was over in like a we was in like this kind of stately home mansion thing, which is awesome. And I, I was over in my own pocket, but they all went home for like Mother's Day and bank holiday. And I just stayed in this mansion on my own, like literally on my own. Um, and lost my mind slightly. Um, and then when they came back, obviously I still had it. Um, and they hooked up a thing so I could track, I could listen to them tracking vocals. So I could listen to them tracking Tom's vocals and I could make comments. So I talk over a microphone that they tracked in another house over the road that I could then talk to them and we could link up to make sure that it was all good. And then, and then forced to divide, we hadn't tracked. And so I had septic tonsillitis and COVID, um, which is the worst combination of things I've ever had. I genuinely cried myself to sleep. Sounds uh, low that it happened then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, I still had a song to do and our studio time was running out. So it's like, we've got to do it. So they, they blocked off part of the studio. So I then came in the back door went into the vocal booth, stayed in the vocal booth. So I couldn't come in and check any takes. Like you've got to do force divide. Um, so I did force divide with, yeah, with septic tonsillitis. Um, oh. And arguably I would say it's probably one of my favorite vocal takes um, is in there. And it's probably because of the pain that I was in. Um, but yeah, it was, it was testament to, to the studio, testament to Dan for, you know, making it work and Dan Weller for making it work. And yeah, it was, it was good. It's a, it's a story though, isn't it? Um, but yeah, isolation and recovery. I, I said on my last interview, actually, recovery, there's like a vocal voice note. And that's me doing a voice note to Dan about recovery and my thoughts on it. And that was when I had COVID and I'd been isolating and I literally had played pool against myself five times. And I sent him this voice note and he used it on the album. He put it on the album. That's me talking to Dan Weller about recovery, um, which is super cool. That, that was on the record. I love that. I love that little voice note clip. So if your, your COVID suffering goes throughout the album, like literally. It really does. It's interweaved. COVID will, you know, Cannibal and um, Seventh Son. So. Yeah. Hopefully in the next album, no God COVID. Knows. God knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So you, you spoke about, obviously, working with Dan again. Like, this is your third album on the run now. I, I guess you guys have got, like, a really good working relationship on, you know, not only you guys working with him, but what he sees in you and what to bring out from you. Yeah, like Dan's such a good dude. Like, you know, I, it's hard to envisage recording an album without him, to be honest with you. He's, you know, he he really, from a producing point of view, gets the songs into the best place they can be. You know, he helps if we're finished off some of the writing process, like he'll help with some of that stuff. Like, he's just an amazing mind and, and we respect him and trust him and he trusts us and, you know, and he believes, he believes in us strongly that we we could be you know one of the biggest out there that is dan's mindset for us he he loves the songs that we create and so it's really nice to have that so it's not just a autonomous kind of process of here we go tracking a yeah great cool send it off to mixer cool if it's successful it's successful dan is like super invested in our music and so that's that's really cool right and so he's like another member of the band um and now we've got seven so seventh member of the band um that he celebrated you know he celebrated with us when we released death like in the studio he like bought us a bottle of champagne because obviously he recorded life and death as well and it was just really cool he, he is he is a great human being a very busy man um 
but probably one of the only people I don't feel guilty as much not contacting because he doesn't contact me because he's so, <laughs> so I'm, it's quite a good relationship what we've got but yeah we've got me and Dan are very close um great relationship yeah and you've got obviously the song um Her- heretic where you've got Loz on mm. from wash loops which is I think your second ever like feature guest on any Berry tomorrow song yeah, it was. Yeah, Jamie Jester was first, and then Loz, and then obviously we've got Cody Frost on on this record as well, which um, Cody's killing the game at the moment. She did Yumi at six and Enter Shikari, and, um, which she didn't tell us about. <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Cody's a legend, and I love her to bits. I think she's amazing. So, yeah, so yeah, three. This is now the third, the second and third um, yeah. feature. And what, what, how, why do you think it is that you don't, you know, there's so many bands out there that have like loads of features and stuff, whereas you're kind of like sparing with it. Is it because maybe you want to have like features on there that you have like relationships with? Like, yeah, probably. I think there's some of that. I don't, you know, Jamie was a bit different. Like, I kind of got in contact with Jamie Jaster anyway, and I kind of thought like this would be a really cool opportunity to ask him, you know, obviously as a legend in the scene for a long time. And, and he was up for it. But like, you know, Loz. Loz who grew up with, like, you know, that guy is a, a legend, you know, in the scene, but he's also a really good friend. And, you know, while she sleeps, we grew up with, like, we are genuinely good friends with that band. And so, yeah. you know, to have him on a on a, his first feature that he's ever done as well, which is amazing, you know, what a great combination. And obviously we're playing the sleep shows, which all just, again, we, we did the feature before we did that. And so that was really cool. Um, and then, like, Cody, we're just generally a fan of her music, like, that was how it worked. Like when we were recording death and life, we know in the summer prior, we were like, Oh my God, this artist is so good. So good. So good. So good. And then, um, and Dan was in with her in the studio. And when we did life and death, we were like, can we ask her to be on the record? And we did like straight away. So yeah, it's, it's, it's probably less. So yeah, I think I'd, I wouldn't generally like to like put out loads of big feelers for people to come and be on a record because I want them to want to be on the record as well. Yeah. Like both of them really, like our music and wanted us to be on there. Like, I'm not going to beg someone to be on Barry tomorrow because it's going to get us bigger. Like mm. it doesn't work like that. And I don't think it ever does. Um, you know, obviously there's some monster artists, artists out there that would be fantastic if they were on it, but I'm not going to sit and kind of beg people to be on the record. So, yeah. um, but I, it also has to work and it has to feel different. Like, you know, I don't want it to feel like a vocalist that's exactly the same as me on a record, on a song, like what, what difference is that going to make? And actually it has to have a sonic difference, I think, for people, because then yeah. you can listen to it and go, oh, that's really cool. That's that person. Um, I like it sometimes when bands do features and they don't, I, I would never do it because I always want to credit an artist, but like, <laughs> I like it when people do it sometimes and they hide it in a record and you're like, wait, is that that person? You find it later on and you're like, yeah, is that person? I think that's a really cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you've got this album release, you know, you've got uh, a US tour planned, an Australian tour planned. You've got that show at Alexandra Palace, which is amazing, like incredible. <laughs> I remember seeing you guys like playing, like, I think it was, I think you're on tour with like this band called Never Means Maybe, like when the, the EP, the first EP came out. So mm-hmm. leaps and bounds over the years, man. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad. I can't, I can't go over it. It seems, it's weird to be in a band for like 15 years, pushing two decades and and have hype. Like we've got, like people seem to be rooting for us. And and I genuinely think the album's got the substance to 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 validate people rooting for us, which is great. You know, that's awesome. And But you never know. It is what it is. Like music's subjective. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, it seems like everything's in the right place to slot in for us to really kind of take this year by storm. And 
and really solidify ourselves, you know, for the next few years in in the scene for people to want us to release more music. And I don't think the album's going to change that. Not that I've, you know, not that I've heard from the singles. People seem to be bloody stoked. We've got more listeners on Spotify than we've ever had. Like, seems we're playing the biggest shows we've ever played. Like, it seems... Everything's lining. Like seems like we're ready to go, really. So, um, and we're ready to put in the work. Like, mm-hmm. now's the time that we go to work. Like, when that album drops, it's it's put on our work clothes time and we'll we'll be working for the you know for 24 months of this album you know yeah definitely man well other than what we've kind of discussed what else is planned for 2023 so far for very tomorrow that you can talk to me about yeah so we're doing obviously we really as you mentioned states out to out to states again australia um and then obviously sleeps and i think that's going to be an amazing tour and and then obviously we're going to be putting our uh, our stamp on on the scene. We're going to be doing a headline tour. Um, where, when, what that looks like, obviously can't be announced. But like, it's it's big. It's going to be the biggest tour that we've we've ever done. Um, and so there'll be that. And then we'll be probably back to like, I would say twenty four is probably loads and loads of festivals because we're quite festival light on this year because of the sleep shows. So. You know, we're not hitting the downloads of, of of the world like and so, you know, I would argue that twenty-four will probably be very festival heavy. You'll probably see us quite a bit in the UK, because obviously this year we're not doing a lot in the UK other than those sleep shows. So yeah, it'll be good to kind of get and build the market in the UK for then whatever the next phase happens, you know. And we've got we've got some old uh what can I say about we've got some different versions and we've been in the studio again. So um since the album just doing different things and just pushing ourselves musically and so we've um people can expect even with the new album they can expect stuff after it that's going to kind of really entice them make them think about our music a little bit differently so yeah it's really cool and it's not the standard let's do a remix album um it's uh really thinking about musicality in this in, in what we do so yeah people can expect to keep hearing new stuff from us really that's super exciting dude i'm really looking forward to seeing what this whole album cycle does for you i'm i'm imagining like you know if you got Alexander Dallas, it's off the charts man so we'll see what happens i know you're a super busy guy so i'm gonna let you go really appreciate your talks to me this evening um before i do let you go have you got any final words anything you want to say no just genuinely thank you for you for you know supporting us for such a long time and i know you have and you know and really rooting for us you know you you come into that camp regardless of you you know doing what you do with your podcast and the media side of things like you've supported us for a long time and and that means a lot um we don't forget it and we don't forget names um but uh also just generally anybody that's listening to it you know if you if you like it let us know if you like it share it with a friend like you know the record sales are at an all-time low at the moment which is always a great time to release an album but um, <laughs> but they seem to be going well so there's always a good chance you know don't underestimate your impact and what you can do for our band by sharing it and that's all that people need to do really you know yeah, yeah massive thank you to everyone that's already done that and those that might do it uh, moving forward awesome well thanks again dan uh i'll let you yeah. go thank you so much i'll speak to you soon all right see you later dude bye. bye and that is it thank you so much for listening Again, if you enjoyed this or any other episode of the podcast, then please leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this. If you want to support the podcast further, you can go and give it a follow on social media, pick up something from the merch store, or subscribe to the Patreon to get early access to episodes. All the links can be found at itsnotaphase.co.uk. That's itsnotaphase.co.uk. Thanks again. Hopefully catch you on the next one. And remember, it's not a phase, it's a lifestyle.